0: And I'm glad because I'm full of energy for the next, I don't know how many weeks. We begin a new series today. I'm not going to lie to you, I don't know how long I'm going to go. We're starting a study of the book of Acts today, and I see no end in sight. The most difficult thing for me is to decide from what series to what series and what to preach. And so as I wrestled all week long... Um, Rodney came in about Thursday and he said what's it going to be and I told him I'd settled on Acts and I'm so excited about the book of Acts so I want you to be reading the book of Acts 28 chapters 1007 verses if you're not familiar with Acts there's Matthew Mark Luke John what we call the Gospels and then Acts it's the fifth book of the New Testament and I think we're going to be energized by what we find in the book of Acts as you read the book of Acts though can I kind of suggest how I don't want you to read it. If you read the book of Acts as if it's a blueprint for how to do church, you're going to miss the gist of the book of Acts. If you read the book of Acts just looking for doctrine or some verse to back up something so you can win an argument with somebody, you've missed the gist of Acts. It is so Powerful. There is so many things that we need to see in the book of Acts. And we'll begin reading. No PowerPoint today. Just go to Acts chapter 1. Just, it's old fashioned worship. No screen. Pull out your Bibles. Acts 1. In my former book. So that's how he starts. Luke writes, in my former book. Luke who wrote the Gospel of Luke. Matthew, Mark, Luke. He says, in my Former book, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach. In my first book, in my first volume, I wrote about everything that Jesus did. Everything that Jesus said. I wrote about His teachings. I wrote about parables. I wrote about the people He dealt with. I wrote about His death, His burial, and His resurrection. In my first book, I wrote about everything that Jesus began to do and to teach. And I think that's where a lot of people think Jesus ends. The Gospels are over. Jesus is done. He's no longer here. He's ascended back to heaven. So His work is done. But Luke says, in my former book, I wrote about everything Jesus started. Everything Jesus began. Almost as if to say, He's not done. Because in this book, in volume 2, I'm going to tell you, everything that Jesus continues to do... Through the work of the Holy Spirit. Ah, the Holy Spirit, the untouchable subject, the one we don't hear a whole lot about. Not something that we usually have conversation about over coffee. Not something that usually comes up at work. Hey, you want to talk about the Holy Spirit? And yet Luke in Luke Acts mentions the Holy Spirit almost 80 times. So he's going to tell us a lot about the Holy Spirit. Jesus promised the Holy Spirit. In John 14, Jesus said before He left, I will not leave you as orphans. Okay, what does that mean? I mean, if you're going away, who's going to be with us? John 16, I tell you the truth, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the counselor can't come. The counselor being the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, if I don't leave then God's Spirit cannot come. So it's good for you that I'm going away. Isn't that interesting? It's good for you that I'm leaving. If you were with Jesus at the time, you'd be thinking, you know, how is this a good thing? But Jesus said, it's good for you that I go away because the counselor won't come unless I do. But if I go, I will send him to you. Jesus promised the Holy Spirit. So back to Acts chapter 1. Verse four, on one occasion while he was eating with them, while Jesus was eating with them, he gave them this command. Here's the instructions. He says, do not leave Jerusalem. We're going to see in Acts one, we're not going to spend a whole lot of time. Jesus is about to ascend. Jesus is about to be gone. Jesus isn't going to be on the earth anymore. Jesus is going back to glory. Jesus is going back to his father. And so he says, okay, look, when I'm gone, here's what I want you to do. Don't leave Jerusalem. Let's keep reading. But wait for the gift my Father promised, which you've heard me speak about. That's what I just read in John 14 and 16. Wait for the gift. Wait for the Spirit. Okay, here's all I want you to do. I'm going to send back to heaven. I don't want you to run crazy. I don't want you to go anywhere, you know, too far. I want you to stay in Jerusalem. And wait. Keep reading in verse 8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. There's that promise, Holy Spirit. You will receive power. It's the Greek word dunamis, from which we get dynamite. You will receive power. Okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to wait in Jerusalem, because you're going to receive a gift. You're going to receive power. You're going to receive some dynamite. You know what dynamite is. When you use dynamite, there's an explosion. When you use dynamite there's almost a ripple effect it doesn't just affect the, the the area where you use it there's a ripple effect you know when there are explosions there's a ripple effect i called my good friend greg Koval up in woodward greg used to work for terra international which has a plant in woodward they dealt with ammonia nitrate which if you know anything about fertilizer um it's very uh, it can explode He was in Sioux City, Iowa at one time. They were visiting one of their other plants. This other plant was 30 miles away from the motel where Greg was staying. And the plant exploded. And 30 miles away, Greg's terminology, he said it shook the motel. You could hear the explosion. He said it rattled the walls 30 miles away. He said it was powerful. He said it was strong, 30 miles away. We're familiar with that in explosions. We've had explosions in Texas, in West Texas. There's been Usually when it comes to explosions, it's a negative thing. But when we talk about power and dynamite and explosions in the book of Acts, it's a very positive thing. And here's what I want you to read in the book of Acts and what you look for in the book of Acts. When you read the book of Acts, I want you to look for the explosion. I want you to look for the dynamite. I want you to look for the power. I want you to look for the Spirit. I want you to look for all the great things that God is going to do in the book of Acts. Because there's going to be an explosion. And there's going to be a ripple effect. In fact, if you keep reading in verse 8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. In Judea and Samaria, and then to the ends of the earth. The explosion is going to start in Jerusalem, and we'll see that in Acts chapter 2. But that explosion will have a ripple effect, and it will go to Judea and Samaria. And that explosion will have a ripple effect, and it will go to the ends of the earth. Do you realize that in one generation, in one generation, every creature in the civilized world had heard about Jesus? Because of this explosion... Because of this power. It wasn't through any human effort. The book of Acts is not about what people did. The book of Acts is what about what God does when He empowers people. Colossians chapter 1 verse 23. This is the gospel that you heard. And that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven. How in the world could the gospel get to the entire world in one generation? There's only one way. There was an explosion. There was power that came down from heaven. I want you to go to Jerusalem and I want you to wait because you're going to receive power. Oh, but I I know how we read the book of Acts. I know how we read the New Testament. We're 2000 years removed. But yet that power doesn't exist anymore. God doesn't work that way anymore. And we've almost justified and rationalized our powerless lives by saying God doesn't work that way anymore. And because of that, and maybe because of that, there are no explosions today. And there's not a whole lot of growth today. And I'm not sure we even believe in the power of God today. That's why I want to read the book of Acts. Because I want to tap into the power. I want to tap into the Spirit I want to be empowered, because when God's people are empowered by His Spirit, they are, in the book of Acts, and I believe they are today, unstoppable. Acts 17, we're going to find, these men have turned the world upside down. I want to know what happened. I want to know what happened. Because 40 to 50 days ago, when Jesus was crucified, as a matter of fact, read with me in verse 3. After His suffering, after He died, after His death, after His resurrection, Jesus showed Himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that He was alive. For 40 days after His resurrection, Jesus gave many convincing proofs that He was alive. But I want to go back to before the crucifixion, but before at the crucifixion, They were running from death. They were running from the cross. They were nowhere to be found. They didn't want to face death. They didn't want to look at Jesus dying. And they were afraid they were going to die. But in 40 days, something happened. In 40 days, they are now not afraid to face death. We're going to see in the book of Acts that they even go to the grave preaching the gospel. What happened In 40 days. Well, Jesus gave them many convincing proofs that He was alive. What happened? A dead man came to life. What happened? Jesus came back from the grave. What happened? Jesus was raised. What happened? Our Savior, the grave couldn't hold our Savior. There's no power that could hold Jesus down. What happened in 40 days? Jesus was alive. Something happens to you when you see a risen Savior. Something happens to you when you see the risen Messiah. You want to tell everybody about it. Just this last week, I've had several people recommend two different movies to me. Hey, you've got to go see, or you've got to go see. Of course, I always ask, well, have, have you seen it yet? Well, yeah. You know what happens when you see a powerful movie? You can't wait to tell somebody about it. You can't wait to go say, hey, you've got to see this movie. That's what happened to these disciples. They saw a risen Jesus. They saw a risen Savior. How in the world could the gospel go to the entire world? Well, they saw a resurrected Jesus and He gave them many convincing proofs. And Jesus said, You will be My witnesses. You're going to be My witnesses. And they were. They went to Jerusalem. They went to Judea and Samaria. They went to the ends of the earth. There was an explosion based on what they saw. Luke wants us to know this all hinges on... The resurrection of Jesus Christ. In my first book, I told you all that. In this book, I'm going to tell you what happens when people see a risen Jesus and they allow the Spirit of God to work through them. They are unstoppable. And so in the book of Acts, you're going to see an explosion that breaks through geographical boundaries. And you're going to see an explosion that that breaks through ethnic boundaries. You're going to see an explosion that goes from Jews to Samaritans To Gentiles, you're going to see an explosion that not even the Romans could contain. You're going to see all kinds of explosion because of the power of God. That I believe still works today. He said, you're going to be my witnesses. That's another key word in the book of Acts. It's used almost 30 times. It's the Greek word martyr. You've heard me say that before. You know what a martyr does? A martyr tells what he's seen. Many of y'all have done jury duty, been called to jury duty. It's the one time in your life that you'd rather be at work. I don't want to go to jury duty. And if you get, if you go to jury duty and you get picked, usually there are a couple of attorneys and they present their cases and they might have a witness take the stand. And they want to know what the witness saw. Can you tell us what you saw? Don't tell us what you think. Not interested in your opinions. Can you tell us what you saw. That's what a witness does. That's what a martyr does. A martyr goes and tells people what he or she has seen. And so we read in 1 John chapter 1, that's why the disciples, the apostles, he begins 1 John 1, that which we have heard, that which we have seen, that which we have touched, that which our eyes have laid sight on, This is what we proclaim to you. In fact, we read in Acts chapter 4 in verse 19. Judge for yourselves whether it is right in God's sight to obey you rather than God. For we cannot help speaking about what we've seen and heard. How'd they do that? They saw a risen Jesus, but it wasn't their human effort. They were empowered by God. And we'll see that in the book of Acts. We're going to see that through witnesses in the book of Acts. They were empowered to have courage. They were empowered to tell. We can't help but speak about what we've seen and heard. And yet today, we almost do everything we can not to speak and not to be heard. So somewhere along the line, we lost the power. Somewhere in our Christianity, somewhere in our theology, somewhere in our understanding... We've almost given up on the power of God. Because as I read the book of Acts, the power of God enables, empowers. And we can't help but speak about what we've seen and heard. They saw a resurrected Jesus. So here's what happened. Verse 12. Then they returned to Jerusalem, because that's what they were told to do. From the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. May have been the upper room where they had the Passover. Not sure. Those present were Peter, John, James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James son of Alphaeus and Simon the Zealot and Judas son of James. They all joined together constantly in prayer along with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus and with his brothers. So they went to Jerusalem And they went to the room, and they waited. And it's almost like, well, as long as we're waiting, we might as well pray. So they joined together constantly in prayer. I I can't help but wonder, what were they praying for? Hey, I want you to go wait in Jerusalem, I'm going to send you something. Okay. I wonder if they really knew the magnitude of what was about to happen. I wonder if they really understood the empowerment they were about to receive. I don't know what they prayed for. God, we're, we're here. We're waiting. Um, do something. Maybe they knew enough and had seen enough of Jesus. God, we, we've seen You do stuff in the past. And You promised us power. So we're waiting here for power. So we're just waiting here for power. W- whatever they were doing, they waited and they prayed. You know, the Bible talks about the Holy Spirit interceding for us as we pray. There's another way the Holy Spirit empowers us. But let me talk about this waiting and praying just a little bit. Did you know that we have a prayer group that meets every Sunday morning right over here in this room? Before worship. They get here early. And they pray. They pray. I'm not sure what all they pray for. I just know things they tell me. You're more than welcome to join that group. And if they need to go to a larger room, they'll do that. They pray for this worship. Pray for this church. Pray for Rodney as he leads singing. Pray for this preacher. And I can tell you without reservation that what they do is felt and seen in here. I'm going to tell you another story that I'm uncomfortable telling you, but I'm going to tell you anyway because I, I think you need to know. About a month ago, the leadership of this church spent a day praying and fasting. I'm uncomfortable telling you about that because I believe some things ought to be done in private. We didn't disfigure our faces and paint our faces up. And we didn't stand on the street corner. And until I told you, you probably didn't know. So for one day, and we don't even know who prayed and we don't even know who fasted. I mean, we didn't take a tally. Emails were sent out. Hey, why don't you pray every hour on the hour for this church, this leadership, for the direction. If you want to. Skip meals, you can. If you want to fast, however you want to define fasting. If you just want to skip food, just do liquids. And at the end of that day, on that Wednesday, we came in here and we met and we just had a prayer. 31 years of ministry and I've never been a part of that. I've been a part of some people praying, some people fasting, but never a part of the entire leadership saying we're going to do this. 31 years of ministry and that was the first. I tell you this because I want you to know that the Holy Spirit moved in phenomenal ways that day. I I tell you this because it was one of the days in my entire life that God moved me in such a way to get my attention in such a way to redirect me and the others who were in that group. So much so that we're going to do that on a more regular basis. Because there's something that happens when you join together constantly in prayer. God moves and God empowers And God leads. And I can't help but think if we do that more as a leadership, and more as a church, that this church, just like the church in Acts, we will become unstoppable. And there will be an explosion in this church because of the power of God. And there will be an explosion in our lives because of the power of God. What I've got to convince you of in the next several weeks is this. Do you believe in the power of God? Do you think God can do amazing things today? Do you think God can fill you today and help you overcome some? Listen, folks, there's no way for you to overcome sin on your own. That's why we read in Acts chapter 2, Repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins in the name of Jesus, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the same one that everybody else gets. In fact, I really like Ephesians chapter 1. I pray for you to know His incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of His mighty strength which He exerted in Christ when He raised Him from the dead. Whatever power God used to bring Jesus up out of the grave and to take Him back to glory in heaven, God says, this incomparably great power for you who believe. I just don't think we've tapped into that power. I'm just not sure we believe in that power today. I'm just not convinced that we think God can do amazing things today, which is why I need to spend some time in the book of Acts, and so I'm taking you on a journey with me. When God moves through ordinary men and women, they are unstoppable. You know how they could be witnesses and go anywhere? It wasn't because they were great speakers, it's because God empowered them. You know how you can tell people about Jesus? It's not because of anything in and of you, it's because God will empower you. We will see how they prayed to to the Lord. Hey, will you give us the words to say? And God gave them the words to say. The only way the church grew, the only way the church grew, the only way the church grew is because God empowered people to grow His church. Maybe we've reached the limit on what we can do as humans. Maybe we've reached the limit and exhausted all of our possibilities. Maybe the reason we are where we are is because we've relied too much on us and not enough on the Spirit. So that's what we're going to do in the next several weeks is to look at an unstoppable force, an explosion that occurred 2,000 years ago and is still happening today because the church still exists. The ripple effect is still happening today, but it's not over. It's far from over. So we've got to tap into the power of God so that what Jesus began to do, He will continue to do through us today. We're going to offer the invitation of Jesus today. And that invitation is for you to accept Jesus. You know, when you become a Christ follower, there's more than just forgiveness of sins. There's more than just, well, you know what? Now that I think about it, I, as Christians, I'm not even sure we believe that God has the power to erase everything we've done in the past. Oh, i read it. I want to believe it. I know when I become a Christian that the blood of Jesus, it says it washes my sins away. I just don't know if God has the power to erase some of those really bad things I've done. If you've ever said that, then you don't believe in the power of God. Or you don't trust Him. Folks, we have got to spend some time in Acts. So will you go home and read it? And reread it? And reread it. And we'll go on a journey of God empowering people. So we offer the invitation today. Do you believe that God can forgive your sins? You believe God can change your life? You believe God can give you a clean start? Do you believe in the power of God today? Because God wants to fill you with his spirit. That's what happens when we become a Christ follower. Folks, will you tap into God's power, his forgiveness today? Your only hope in life. Your only hope in life is through Jesus. Without Jesus, you're going to struggle through life, trying to live life in your own power. Your only hope today is in Jesus. If you need to respond to the invitation, please do so as we stand and sing. My only hope is you, Jesus. My only hope is you.